Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to a man you know on Twitter as Jeb at the ET. Welcome on the show, Jeb. Okay. Three rounds to go. Can you believe how many ceiling games we had last weekend? Yeah, it was a good round for scoring. Um, really good. So makes fantasy more fun, I suppose. And, um, yeah, now business end, isn't it? Last three weeks where we can make a few indifferent moves, I suppose, where um, penalties won't be as bad. So, you know, I, I'm looking, well, I'm thinking outside of the box. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a week for captains. Of, and if you had gone those unique options, like a steal, and he's not really that owned in the high-ranked uh, coaches, I mean, you hit a really uh, monster score and a monster differential, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're the little things that count, don't they? You know, those captain scores as extra 40 points is, is liquid gold. Okay, as always, if you retweet any podcast link, you'll go in with a chance at scoring a plus six podcast cap. And we'll give a few more away between now and the end of the season and also throughout the preseason, which is not far away. Okay, AFL ratings, Twitter accounts, jump on and get some information for your fantasy teams. All I ask in return for the content are likes and retweets. Additionally, aflratings.com.au for extra fantasy info. Remember, this podcast is focused on AFL Fantasy Classic overall ranking. We are recording this podcast on Tuesday night, August the 3rd. Make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. And, Jep, make necessary adjustments was no had no more greater meaning than last Saturday when we all of a sudden had two games cancelled or postponed and then the Sunday looked in doubt. Thankfully, we got them all done on Sunday, but it was just a jam in on Sunday. It was, it was almost actually too much for the year. Panic station, it was, but panic stations, wasn't it? Just to get the games on was a miracle by the AFL, and yeah, hats off to it. I watch every game, and by Sunday night, I just had to have a sleep in because it was just, it was <laughs> way too much for me. All right, let's get into it. We've got a monster podcast. As much as what we did last week, we're going to do the same again. We're just going to fire through and we get some thoughts on Jep, and I'll provide some information. Let's go, Jep. Uh, just one general question to kick off the podcast with. Using the loophole is extremely important to finish the season. What are your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. And it's not just captain loophole. It's bench loophole now, isn't it? Especially with guys like Houston struggling to get the scores up. We um, we look to our bench. Uh, Bianco was a popular one to loop last week for Houston. And, um, yeah, that will continue in these last three weeks. Yeah, that's the one I did on the weekend. I uh, had Bianco in there for 84 points, and I'm still rocking with uh, Houston, unfortunately. Uh, but as soon as uh, Bianco puts up that 84, it's like you know, Houston has struggled. He hasn't, you know, he's had that shoulder concern, and and I thought, you know, 84 points is is about the line where I thought, you know, it could be easily beaten by Houston. But the upside from Houston probably wasn't as great as what his downside was, and that's where I go. That's it. I'm locking in Bianco 84 points, and Houston scores poorly again, Jeff. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but he plays uh, Adelaide this week, so come on, let's uh, let's get amongst it, Houston especially. Just some thoughts on me with regards to the loophole. So it's extremely important to plan once the fixture is locked in. Uh, target a trade in one of the earlier scheduled games, my thoughts are at least, which could be used if they score well. So if you target a player, doesn't have to be a low salary type player, but any type of player... Uh, mid-pricer that you can put in that defence and if they've got an early scheduled game and they score like 90, 100, you all of a sudden can potentially take a premium off the floor with a guaranteed score already on the table. So it's almost like a reverse 
of uh, holding trades just in case there's a late out. Okay, additionally, definitely for a vice captain score, so obviously we look a uh, potential high score for a vice captain, but you've got a plan there as well with regards to uh, a non-playing player and when they actually play uh, throughout the weekend and targeting high ceiling types of players, especially in this time of the year when uh, trying to find that point of difference when a lot of teams are actually just matching up against each other. Also, many teams still aren't completed as I go through and look at some highly ranked teams. So loophole options provide opportunities with multiple chances to lock in a decent score. Um, hopefully next year we can hit at least a Saturday first game lockout as a minimum. Uh, with the option to move to a rolling lockout if required based on how we go throughout uh, next season with regards to COVID. But hopefully this is with uh, some type of normality that sh- that hopefully and should return next year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's fingers crossed. Um, you know, the vaccination numbers get up and we can get back to normal life and normal footy. Absolutely. All right, Jeff, we're going to get into some ownership here. So uh, just some rucks there. So max score 96%. Uh, Brody Grundy, 88%. Sean Darcy, 32%. Uh, 4% only, so one coach only as the R2 for Darcy. And Rolly O'Brien at 12%. Uh, the Gorn-Grundy combination still strong at 88% chip. Yeah, so a couple bit the bullet there and, and offloaded Gorn and Grundy um, from last week. Only a few, but yeah, they're the levers being pulled at this moment to try gain rank. Into the defenders there, Rory Laird 100%, Aaron Hall 100%, Jake Lloyd 72% strong now, Callum Mills 52%. Your thoughts on any one of those? Yeah, so the Mills um, number surprised me a bit just from his uh, quarantine stint. So, again, a couple brought him in and that really paid dividends last round. Just some ones to finish off there. Tom Stewart, 48%. Jack Crisp, 48%. Lockie Whitfield, only 44%. Dan Houston, 40%, who is now an issue, Jep. Yeah, I mean, those Houston owners, I think that's almost priority one for most of them now, is what to do with Houston and how to how to improve that uh, score every week. Yeah, it's pretty much time for him to go, I would imagine. So, But Whitfield, at 44%. Man, he's a high-ceiling type player, Jep. Yeah, I mean, look... GWS are off the game, obviously, a little bit, but um, still those gut runners, especially late in the season where, you know, the fittest survive, so to speak, uh, he'll be important for sure. Midfielders, Tom Mitchell, 100%, Zach Merritt, 96%, Jack McRae, 92%. And just on that Bulldogs game, that windy conditions up at Mars Stadium in Ballarat, so that wasn't really conducive to some players, and McRae struggled there as well, along with Bonton Pally in that. Tim Taranto, who might be an issue now at 88%, is strong, and Sam Walsh uh, rebounded a little bit last week with 80%. Your thoughts on any one of those, Jip? Oh, I mean, all those make sense. Um, again, we'll, I think those numbers will start to surprise us next week when people take punts and trade out one of these primos that are not performing like Taranto or even McRae. Okay, which one of those you're trading out for me? It's Taranto. Oh, it's Taranto all the way. There's something not right with him. Um, no, you know. Very few set of bounces, if at all. I think, did he have one? He might have had one. Yeah, um, one or two. Yeah, uh, so when you've got a player like that, it's, it definitely raises eyebrows, and any red flags, I'm getting rid of it. Yeah, so what happened there at three-quarter time, just on the three-quarter time siren, so it's when Himmelberg took his shot for goal, and he was called to play on with rega- regards to wasting the 30 seconds with a shot on goal, 
and then all of a sudden the, the ball becomes active and Taranto gets the ball and he, get, he gets knocked over by Lysette and he and he gets a bit of a stinger on his shoulder. Now, post-game, Mitch Cleary on ABC Sport did ask Taranto about his shoulder and he did actually refer to it as a stinger. So it wasn't really an issue, you would think, uh, to finish out the season, but obviously uh, his other shoulder was strapped throughout that game. And the other thing there with Taranto, it's Brent Daniels. Uh, Leon Cameron loves Brent Daniels, so he's in at centre bounces there. And Taranto's only a 50% centre-bounce guy anyway. It's around about that mark. But, yeah, he's dropped right off with regards to attending centre-bounces, Jeb. Yeah, it's disappointing because um, for, for us as fantasy coaches, but more for Taranto, like he just doesn't look like he enjoyed his footy mm. the last couple of weeks. And, um, yeah, it's a bit of a head-scratch moment, but we don't know what's going on between the four walls at GWS. Yeah, he might be hurting at this time of year, so we're really late in the season. Uh, but he was a great pick at, at round one, and pretty much you should have thought that anyone would be riding him throughout the season. But yeah, now he's a bit of an issue. So, all right, Jeff, so the other midfielders to finish off there, Clayton Oliver, 48%. Now, just with that Demons game against the West Coast on Monday night, there is weather forecast, so just keep an eye out for that one. Uh, Darcy Parrish, 36%. Th- Taylor Adams, 32%. Jack Steele, monster game again on the weekend, 32%. Lockie Neal, a bit of an issue there with Neal again. He cops a massive head clash during that game, and he just struggled for just mid-70s against the Hawks on Sunday. So he's at 24%. Ollie Wines, 24%. Took Miller, still great ceiling rider involved with him, 24%. Andrew Gaff, 20%. Bailey Smith getting up into some scores there at 16%. Andrew Brayshaw, he's the one, Jeb, 12%. As soon as mm-hmm. that five goes down to that team, man, he's just popping those numbers out. So 12%. Jared Lyons, we know his ceiling's great, 12%. Tim Kelly, 8%. Brad Crouch, 8%. Cam Guthrie at 8%. I still love 4% for Marcus Bonson-Pelly and Christian Petrarca at 4%. That's way too low for me, Jeb. For me, uh, before you head off with a comment or two on any one of these, it's Jack Steele for me there, Andrew Brayshaw definitely, Cam Guthrie, and I'll, I'll go back to Bont and Petrarca there for me, Jeb. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, I agree with everything you've just said. It's, it's more for me is the midfield is where the variables are. And when we talk variables, you and I, we talk about gaining overall rank. So I think the Taranto to Steel trade will be pretty popular um, and, and tried by many. So it's, to me, I love Brayshaw. That was the best game of footy I've seen in individual play for a very, very long time. That's pretty good. Um, barring the GF and Dusty and um, a four-quarter effort from Brayshaw, future captain of that club. And how would you be having Darcy Brayshaw or Sarong? How's a few, like for us as fantasy coaches, we're going to be having a lot of midfield, uh, free man or midfielders in our team for many years to come. And the other one going there as well, who we're not talking about in uh, ownership at the moment, is Chera. So he's getting the scores done as well, Jet. Yeah, it's it's. I hope he stays for his own development, and I think he's best suited at Freo. But yeah, he look, he popped up and. Whether he wanted to show Richmond how good he was to strap up his pay packet, who knows. But, um, yeah, he's hoping he can continue on his trajectory and, and keep improving and getting better as a footballer. Okay, let's get on to the forwards now. Josh Kelly, 100%. Jordan Ngoi, just putting up ceiling game after ceiling game, which is great to see in the midfield. And as we've said over the last few weeks, man, he's going to f- absolutely fill up his boots. So he's... He's in there, and he should be rostered, and he should be a target if you don't have him already. Patrick Dangerfield, slow scoring game last week at 92%. Lockie Hunter, 64%. Thoughts on any one of those, Jeff? Yeah, it's the, I suppose Hunter and Danger are the frustrating ones, um, especially Dangerfield, who just 
does enough sometimes and that's the whole Geelong mantra. I did mention it a few weeks ago that sometimes Dangerfield just does enough and gets rested for half a quarter in the last. So be wary of that. Um, and, yeah, but everything else seems pretty on, on par there. Yeah, so it's just manage their players within game. So yeah. yeah. So when the finals hit, you're going to see, uh, you would probably think you were going to see a bit of an explosion from Dangerfield. But, yeah, you know, he's still okay, I would guess. And playing down at Hobart there um, probably is not the best of conditions with regards to finding space and getting plenty of the ball there as well. All right, Jeff, other forwards there. Dane Zorko, 40%. Lockie Bramble and some coaches there, 24%. Steel side bottom, 24%. Rowan Marshall. Absolute jackpot from Rowan Marshall last week. Paddy Ryder gets ruled out as a late late change. And then what happens early in the first quarter there is Tom DeConning goes down with a rib or chest injury and he doesn't come back on the ground. Man, it was an absolute jackpot for Marshall for those that targeted. Now, I said on the show last week, you got, you got to look to put holes in Marshall because he will be a bit of a target. And, and this is one of the things where you need to pretty much adapt is that once Ryder was ruled out, you've got to... Imagine that, you know, Marshall's in there at number one rack. Now, you couldn't envisage that the Conning's going down with an injury, but still it was a fair matchup, Chip. Yeah, look, it was exciting and quite funny how the stars aligned for Marshall. Um, but again, Sydney this week, I think he's going to have a tougher time of it. So, um, yeah, it's it's about picking those moments and picking those high-ceiling players, especially at Marshall's Valley. That's what we're all trying to do every week. Yeah, certainly value. So you weren't paying top dollar for him, so that was a great reward for those that traded in Marshall. Well done. Okay, Jack Siebel, 16%. Matthew Kennedy did bounce back, and we mentioned the week prior that, you know, he had to spend time forward because Carlton didn't have tools. Now, once we knew that Charlie Curnow was going to play and once we knew that Harry McKay was going to return, Kennedy was going back into that midfield, and he did bounce back. Harry Schoenberg, 8%. Nick Hine there, still in a couple of teams, 8%. Josh Dunkley, 8% now. You know, he has really hasn't hit any type of form since he has returned from long-term injury, and that might be the same with Adam Trelaw as well when he returns likely to be this week as well, Jip. Yeah, I think the Dogs struggled with their normal game plan, their possession game plan um, in Ballarat. So, yeah, let's get back to normality in terms of the Dogs and, and sharing the ball around. They should have a pretty good go. Uh, against the Bombers this weekend at Marble. So, frankly, owners should just relax and, and have faith. Okay, who are your five targets, your top five targets for round 21, assuming you don't own any? Well, Took Miller and Jack Steele, obviously the, the premier players of the fantasy comp right now. Tom Stewart, still love how Geelong is slowing the ball down and, and Stewart getting amongst it. So now it's... Time to push the lever there. Andrew Brayshaw. And then for the fifth one, I've thrown in a bit of a curveball. It's actually Caleb Daniel. Um, plays Essendon this week. I'm expecting 125. Yeah, the Bombers have allowed uh, a lot of points to opposition players uh, through that midfield across halfback and pretty much everywhere because they play a bit of an uncontested type brand. And, and there are a lot of uncontested marks and a lot of freedom with regards to the Bombers allowing opposition teams. So, yeah, Daniel's not a bad option there. All right, Jet, my top five are... Actually, I've got six because I couldn't split up the last two. So it's Steele and Miller, so the same top two as you, reverse order. Uh, Jared Lyons there as well. Cam Guthrie, number four, and Bont and Petrarca there at uh, tied at number five there for me. But, yeah, I should be having Andrew Brayshaw in there. That's, that's for sure. So maybe that's number seven. All right, Jet, notable low break evens. Let's get onto it. Trey Rusco, 328K minus 22. Love his role at halfback. 
James Peatling, great on debut, halfback, intercepting type role. Um, he should be a bit of a target this week. He was a bit of a target last week, that's for sure as well. Minus 14, 205k. Connor Nash seeing some midfield time there. Centre bounces 282k minus 9 break even. Kieran Briggs. Now, Shane Mufford is due for a rest this week, as per Leon Cameron in his post-game press conference. You've got to imagine Briggs is back into the scenario where he's going to get a game. Now, the one of the most important things you're going to see to finish off an AFL fantasy season what is the potential to make up a big difference if there is a key player that is highly owned that is a late out? So I'm not saying Gorn or Granny is going to be laid out, but geez, you want to have cover at this time of year, Jip. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And um, that's where Darcy, for me, was sort of the flick. Um, at R3, I, I had, um, you know, a throwaway ruck forward, but... I actually traded Darcy last week to be different. So, yeah, I, that's keeping me nervous. And, um, yeah, that could potentially sting coaches coming in these last three weeks. Yeah, not, say, not saying whatsoever the Gorn and Grundy are going to have a rest whatsoever. But just in case, I mean, you've got bench cover there. So Briggs might be an option there to bring in to pay down off someone, especially into the utility spot where you can put him there. That's for sure. All right, Josh Honey was actually pretty good there last week for the Blues. 191k, uh, two break even. Connor West still in that midfield and getting plenty of ball. But his scores really haven't been there that big, but still okay. 275k, break even of three. Eddie Ford, he was actually really good for the Kangaroos up forward. Uh, 190k and... A four break, Evan Chip. Any one of those you want to discuss? Uh, for me, it's Pete Lynn, just given what he showed and, and his price still. So I'm looking to bring him in and just cash up off the bench and then upgrade elsewhere. So that's my plan. Um, and I think that should be many other coaches' plan as well. Definitely. Okay, Jeff, we're going to get on other plays to consider. So we're going to start at the top salary and we're going to work around about 91 players. So let's go. One line for me, one line from you, and we'll try and get through this really quickly. All right, Jack Steele, love him. He, uh, look, can he hit a, a million dollars, Jeff? That's the question. Like, he's a target, that's for sure. But can 967K, can he hit a million? Well, the way he's going, I can't see why not. So um, let's... Well, not hope. We know he's going to continue on his merry dance. Took Miller, high ceiling player, definitely a target for me, 942k, Jep. Yeah, agreed. He just keeps on keeping on and just a fitness freak. Yeah, Tom Mitchell, stock standard, high ceiling player, still a target. If you don't have him, I wouldn't be even think contemplating trading him at 887k, Jep. I wouldn't trade him out, but I wouldn't trade him in either. I'd just be a bit different. Christian Petrarca, so range due this week potentially for Monday night, Eagles and Demons. So 867k, I'd probably wait a week if I was contemplating targeting, but I still really like him, Chip. Yeah, they locked down. I think um, there'll be others from Melbourne that I like better in wet weather. Um, Petrarca, not so much. Ollie Wines. Now, I would potentially go Carl Amon instead of Wines, because if Wines is going to get targeted... Amon could see those scores much better than Wines. 864k. I probably wouldn't target Wines at this time of year, Jip. No, me neither. I think um, there's better variables that um, offer you a better ceiling. Rory Laird, good ceiling, love his game, not changing for me. Yeah, he just keeps on doing it, doesn't he? And we don't probably give Laird the credit he deserves. Joe Lyons, high ceiling type player, love him, 852k. Another one, you know, these quiet achievers that just keep bobbing up. Um, really like to pick a lines at this time of the year. Sam Walsh, now he's had a couple of low scores. I said trade him out and he goes off. I still think he could fill his boots to finish out the year. For me, 836k, I'm not trading him in, but I'm not trading him out either. 
Yeah, I think it's just the Gold Coast matchup is is pretty um, appealing for many this week. So, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. The owners hold, but um, don't trade him in. Callum Mills, fresh off a break. It just went off. 830K will be a target this week, Jeff. Doesn't the rest do wonders for some players? Um, yeah, just has to be a target in that defence because he just pr- he's proved that he's got the ceiling game. Zach Merritt, bounce back. He's going nowhere for me. 829K. Yeah, nowhere for me. He He's one of our reliable um, players. Aaron Hall had a monster last quarter. Got there in the end, 120 points. Thereabouts, and 829K. Um, he's potentially even a vice-captain option, Jeff. Yeah, he, he's almost my favourite behind Steele and, and Took for the year, really, where he's come from and what he's shown. So, yeah, he, let's just rejoice with Aaron Hall. Andrew Bradshaw, no nat five out of that team, puts up a monster game last week, 820k. He will be a target again this week, Jip. Has, just has to be because of the the lack of ownership. Um, yeah, and against Brisbane, who aren't playing great, you know, Amir gave him a bit of a stitch up last week, so what can Brayshaw do? Exactly. Marcus Bontempelli, low score last week, windy conditions, Mars Stadium in Ballarat. I think he can bounce back. He's had a great year, Jeff. For me, it's it's low ownership. I would still be a target for Bontempelli, 805k. Yeah, and this is the difference. So, like, the guy, when we were talking about Wines earlier and, and Petrarca, it's Bontempelli who ought to be going for instead. Dane Zorko uh, can be put in that forward line, so gives you an option there. 796k, puts up a pretty decent score last week, Jeff. I like him. Monster last quarter from Zorko, and again, a player with the ceiling game that we want. Jack McRae, he's going nowhere for me. Been a performer for quite a long time. Nowhere. There's nothing to do here. 785k. Yeah, exactly. Just hold and, and keep getting those 100-plus scores. Now, Darcy Parrish, he's a bit of a concern, Chip. 783K. Now, we've seen Shield come back into that team. Stringer's obviously back in that team, but Langford's now back out of that team. So, you know, if I've got Parrish, I'm holding, because I know we know he's ceiling this year. 783K, Jeff, but I'm not targeting to bring him in for the final three games. Of course not. Yeah, if, you, if you're if you a non-owner, you stay away. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's did you see how uh, they ran out of interchanges yeah. in that last quarter and she got stuck on the bench and yeah. I felt like Parrish sort of lifted in that last little bit. Mm. So it's, the shield effect is hurting Parrish just for uh, owners and non-owners to note. Okay, we've got Carl Amon. Again, I would be going Amon over Wines and he's a real unique option, Jep, and he's at oh. 782k. Yeah, and this is a time to go for guys like Amon, where he's traditionally been inconsistent in his scores, but you just need three good weeks out of him. Jai Simkin, he's put in a great fantasy season, Jep, 781k, definitely still a target for me. Yeah, and the the low ownership there, um, very good ceiling game too, so ticking boxes. Ben Keys again, like Bond struggled last week at Mars Stadium. McRae struggled last week. Uh, another one player there is Ben Keys, 69 points only, 780k. No one's targeting him this week, Jeb. He still does have a ceiling now. Yeah, I know, but again, if that, that's price, I'd much rather Bond and Pelly than Keys. Max Gorn, so 778k. I've been rocking with uh, Rolly O'Brien for uh, quite a period of time and haven't gone to Gorn, and I'm still happy. Yeah, I mean, look, he, that's that's the move. I suppose Gorn's just doing enough as well as Grundy. Um, and if I'm in the top 25 or top 100, I'm trading one of those out this week or next. Taylor Adams, no issues last week, 771K. A uh, bit of an ownership uh, 
plunge there. So I wouldn't be targeting Adams, uh, and he's had his knee injuries this year, but, yeah, I wouldn't be trading him out either. Yeah, West Coast let him play into form, didn't they, as long as as well as the whole Collingwood 22. So uh, I disagree with you there. I think Adams is a bit of a unique pick, um, and I would actually select him for these last few rounds. Collingwood are up and about, and they want to finish the season on the higher. Taylor Adams, 32%. Yeah, so it's not, not that heavy ownership. And that's what I should have led off with. How about that game on the weekend, Jeb? Collingwood and West Coast. Oh, wow. My team, struggling. No, They just do not look in sync at all, and there's no enjoyment in their footy. So massive concerns for West Coast fans. I resisted about 10 times sending you a direct message. And oh, I thought, just, nah, just let, let you accept it. That's because, you know, I just bring up the 2018 GF every uh, time you message. Well, well, <laughs> Any time I mention West Coast and Collingwood, I just know my replies fill up with yeah. with that Dom Sheet gif. It's and, a bit uh, predictable, isn't it? And the worst part is that I was like um, 20 metres behind that kick. So I was directly online, and as soon as it left his foot, I just looked down and I go, this has gone through. But anyway, we, d- we digress. Let's move on. Plenty to go in the podcast. So the next one there, Jack Crisp. Man, what a ceiling. 771K. Yeah, he's a target for me. Oh, has to be, absolutely has to be. And last week again against West Coast, where there was slack checking, it was a dream game for Chris. Cam Guthrie. Now, if the Cats going to manage out the season with plenty of plus sixes, he's my man. 768k, love him. Yeah, agreed. It was uh, we've said it for a couple of weeks now, so nothing changed there. Josh Dunkley, 766k, but a break even of 158. Now we're not really concerned about price or break evens right at this point of the season. But, yeah, he really hasn't hit any type of fantasy game since his return. I'm totally avoiding here, Oh, See, I'm not. I, I think now's the time to pull the lever on him if you're going to go and take a punt. And this is yeah, where I'm harping on about these kind of picks because effectively 90% of the coaches stay away from him. Plays Essendon. Bit of history with Essendon in the offseason last year. Um, I'm expecting 120 from Dunkley for sure. Let me throw another wrinkle in for you, Jeb. Adam Trelaw is returning this week. Thoughts? Yeah, but we all know that will be a managed minutes um, scenario, and we were worried what, how the dynamics going to start uh, go at the start of the season, and the concerns were just silly. So, um, no, Dunkley, still a good get this week, in my opinion. Okay. Josh Kelly, uh, going nowhere for me, uh, had those ankle issues. Now, he did tweak his ankle again in that game on Sunday night, 762K. Um, heard no news out of that. Apparently, he was fine, So, but he did get assessed on the sidelines. Um, I'm not trading him out anyway, Jeff. 762K. Yeah, I, I pulled the trigger on him last week, uh, two weeks ago, sorry. And, uh, yeah, it's, he's one of those players that could be a laid out or, or just get rested in the last couple of rounds, so just be wary. Braden Fiorini, now he's just putting up uh, monster games there, 762k. Uh, the, the Gold Coast had some injuries, man, and that he just fell into that role and he's got it. And we know he's there as a fantasy game, so 762k is up there considering where he was a few weeks ago. I still love him there at that price. Yeah, I do as well. I think um, Fiorini's got the best ceiling game almost in the comp behind a few, so... That's saying a bit, and imagine if he does get traded in the off-season, wherever he goes, I think all our ears would perk up. So Luke Parker doesn't really have that ceiling, Jeb, 748k, but no ownership. Yeah, I'm avoiding Parker. Jordan Degoe spoke about him, love him, in that inside that uh, midfield there for Collingwood, and he's going to fill up his boots uh, to finish the season, so 744k. I still think he's pretty good value at that price, Jeb. Yeah, I still think he's a target, um, absolutely, and I'm a non-owner, and it's 
causing me issues. Kim Tarano, I'm getting the hell out of there. 734k, Jep. Yeah, agreed. He's a trade. Sean Darcy, 85 last week, got there in the end. 733, meets still in that team. So, you know, that's still acceptable for me if he can still bat about that. And he looks okay on the weekend. But, you know, there's a lot of forward time in there, Jep. Yeah, there is. And it's not like this. They're the red flags for me. So you can trade if you can trade him, just get rid of Darcy. Chris Mayne, now he's announced his retirement uh, today. So is this a sort of a retirement narrative and here's 35 possessions a game off half-back, Jep? So 726K, you know, if he gets into that last game and he's ready to go and playing off half-back, man, it's just a plus-six fest. Look, he's one of the better blokes in footy, I must admit, and the guy's copped it over the years for no real reason. Probably one of the hardest workers across all players. And... Credits, Chris, mate. Um, massive credit. Well done, mate. And I hope you finish the three games well, but I'm not trading him in, unfortunately. Yeah, so I'm a Collingwood supporter, and I was questioning the trade when we got him in, but I, I reckon he's been fantastic. Like, absolutely fantastic. And I'm actually surprised that of his retirement this week, uh, today. So um, I'm surprised that he's not going around again. But, yeah, uh, excellent career, especially AFL standard, and when, especially when you consider not many players make it, Jeff. Yeah, the thing I love about Maine is he, he's been able to adapt to suit a coach's instructions. So mm. he's a key forward, obviously, and a, and a really good goal kicker. Went to free, uh, went to Collingwood as a goal kicker, turned into a utility player, half back, half forward, wing, tagger, just whatever you want me to do, coach, I'll do it. And that's where you love playing with those blokes in footy. Um, and you go in the trenches with, Guys like Chris Mayne, and I guarantee you to be one of the most loved at that football club. Yeah, love his career. Uh, well done. Okay, Patrick Dangerfield, uh, 67 last week, 719k high ownership. Jeb, I'm not going to target him, but I certainly wouldn't be trading him out, especially with his high ceiling there, and he can go off with a pretty good ceiling game, Jeb. I wouldn't trade him out. I'm, like, I'd, you'd be pretty luxury to trade him out, but you'd definitely not trade him in after like we pointed out earlier about his managed minutes and um, and sometimes, yeah, he doesn't go harder, as hard for as long, especially Geelong are going to lock in top two pretty soon as well, so that's a factor. Tom Stewart, 704K, love him around halfback, uh, plenty of plus sixes you would imagine to finish the year, Jeff. Yeah, uh, got it. Well, he's a target. It's not a do or die to get him in, but he's definitely a target. Yeah, Shannon Hearn, I still like 703K, but if I'm paying an extra thousand for Stewart, I'm going to Stewart, Jeff. Yeah, and look, uh, the way West Coast are playing, you know, it's going to hinder the performances at home, so I'd stay away there. Yeah, Luke Dunstan uh, came into the team, is really good. Uh, some volatile scoring since, so 701k, there are probably better options out there at that price range. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Hugh McCluggage. Now, here's the alternative to uh, Neil and Lyons and Zorko through that midfield, but I don't think the Lions can get enough ball to make McCluggage a consistent high-ceiling type player. I do like him, but it's a no for me at 700k. Yeah, look, I was very close to trading him in last week. Um, almost pulled the trigger. Still think he's really good value and has that point of difference. So I'm all for trading in McCluggage. Jake Lloyd, 700k, uh, well done on his starting price from the start of the season. I think he's a good price, Jeff, to target. Yeah, I'd actually stay away from Lloyd now, personally. Um, I think you, you've got to try to be different here, and Lloyd hasn't really shown his, his ceiling all year, so probably look elsewhere. Lockie Neal, now he's struggled with injury all this season, Jeff. 696k is definitely not a target for me. 
for the remainder of the season in regards to offering advice, but uh, it's maybe even a potential trade out. Yeah. Again, that's pretty luxury. That's probably like the Dangerfield scenario. So um, you're not looking at him. There's way better, unique options with better ceilings and and fitness levels right now. But um, if you can trade Neil out, then, yeah, for sure, do it. Bailey Smith, now, again, it's the Dunkley trying to get some midfield time. Trelaw's coming back and can be volatile and scoring and has put up some pretty decent scores recently. 118 points last week, 695k. For me, I do like him, but it's a no for me. You can't do it because you can't guarantee tons everywhere from him, so just avoid it. Andrew Gaff, very unique, 693k. Do like it. Yeah, love it. Um, and still... You know, running hard, showing intent, just the body language of Gaff, he's, he's yeah, m- much more confident, and I can't put it down to anything. So um, if the, the signs are there, yeah, we trade him in. Yeah, Daniel Rich last week, he had like 16 positions in the first 18 minutes of that game. It was ridiculous. So 693K, now the Lions were poor on the weekend, so if they improve their rate, you would have got to imagine there's got to be a bit of a decline from Rich with regards to how, many, how much ball he's going to see, especially early part of the game. So I wouldn't be expecting monster ceiling games. I still like him, 693K, but yeah, maybe there are some better options there. But yeah, he's definitely unique, Jep. Yeah, no, I like him. I still like him, and the, the what Brisbane's draw um, offers us for the last three weeks. Adam Trelaw. Uh, probably definitely straight up no for me. 692k coming off a long injury, Jep. Yeah, he couldn't do it, no way. Low ownership for Lockie Whitfield, I do like it. Well, mid-range ownership, 690k, pretty decent price for him. High ceiling type player. Yeah, love it. Um, definitely a target for those who don't have it. Jaden Short, still like him off halfback for the Tigers, 686k. Uh, no, I think there are better options than short. And again, Richmond are struggling a little bit, so I'd look to the Whitfield types, even Danny Rich and Tom Stewart. Brad Crouch, now he definitely does have a ceiling, but he can be very volatile. 684k, I'm probably looking elsewhere this time in the Egypt. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. Um, Jack Steele's got the keys to the midfield, and, and Brad Crouch is, you know, rubbing to his Jack Steele's Batman, so no thanks. Jack Zebel, now he can hit a monster ceiling as we've seen uh, early in the season, 684k, definitely low owned. Now, again, I'll repeat, as I've said uh, many weeks previous, is that the Kangaroos early in the year, they were quite poor, so obviously a lot of uh, D50 entries from opposition teams. Now, Aaron Hall comes into that team and he's the exit kick from D50 for the Kangaroos, and they'd like to use him a lot. Now, Zebel is in there as well, but the Kangaroos have improved over the course of the year. So that's probably ruled Zebel out from his high-ceiling-type games for the remainder of the season. So for me, I really like him, but I'm looking elsewhere, Jep, 684K. But he, with his DPP status, he does provide flexibility, Jep. I agree with everything you've just said there, mate. I, I just wouldn't target him. It, it's like the season's caught up with him a bit too. He does look sore. Dyson Heppel, uh, thumb injury, he's ruled out. So definitely not a target, but yeah, uh, thumb injury for the remainder of the two games if he comes back next week is definitely an out and will not be a target for me for the remainder of the season, Jeff. Yeah, agreed. Just turn him into, owners need to turn him into something unique for me. Caleb Daniel, 103 last week, 679k. You said you liked him earlier in the podcast. Oh, I don't mind the matchup this week either, Jeff. It's 679k again. Well, you've got to go different, and we know Caleb Denny won't be a popular pick, but he does have the ceiling. So 
ticking a lot of boxes there um, and very affordable as well. So definitely look at it, guys. Turned out to be a really good matchup for Jade Romeo last week against the Lions, who were again quite poor. 669k can be volatile and screwing. Jep, definitely not an option for me. No, you couldn't do it. Again, he's another player that just hasn't been consistent all season. Now, Jaden Stevenson does have a high ceiling. Now, now this might be one player who I do target to bring into my team and and pretty much use uh, as a bench uh, uh, loophole option because if he pops off a 130-140 jet, it can make a huge difference. So, again, 668k. Yeah, Stevenson's another that we all like um, for that reason. We all want the ceiling game. So big risk, in my opinion, probably safer options that are going to give you the same output. Dom Sheed there, 667K, can be volatile and scoring, Jeb. Uh, probably not this stage of the season I am going to target. No, don't even go near him. Isaac Smith, 111 last week. He was a bit of a unique option in that uh, forward line, which you can place him, 66K. Um, I do like him as a unique, Jeb. Proud owner over here, mate, so can't endorse him enough. Tom Liberatore. Now, he can provide volatile scoring. We know he does have the centre bounce usage. 665k, but there are other options in that Bulldogs midfield that I would like, Jep. So it's pretty much a no for me. Yeah, a no for me as well, buddy. Riley O'Brien. Now, if you're looking to get off Gorn, O'Brien is there, thereabouts. He's pretty much gone along the same scores as Max Gorn for quite a while now. Now, with Luke Jackson in that Melbourne team with Gorn, I think O'Brien's a definite uh, option there if you want to trade down, Jep, 664K. Uh, yeah, definitely a risk that you can, you can do. Um, I'm not so lucky I can do that right now. Okay, David Swallow, Jep. Uh, the Suns were poor last week. Now, the one thing I did notice with uh, Stuart Jew that he did rotate a few players, especially in the start of the game, started with Sam Flanders, who has seen some centre-bounce usage there as well. But, you know, if Swallow's not going to be in there at a high percentage at centre-bounces, it's a no for me. So, at this stage, still a no for me for Swallow, 664K. Yeah, no for me as well. Adam Chera. Now... You know, obviously, again, that five's out of that midfield, and he's put up some pretty decent scores recently, 138 points against the Tigers on Sunday in a very high-contested type game. So if that's his game, I love it. Uh, 6-6-3-K, a uh, bit of an option here, Jeb. Yeah, agreed. He's he's definitely unique and definitely got the ceiling. But um, if you got the dollars, I'd much rather Brayshaw. Now, Todd Goldstein, interesting Tristan Cherry, for those who didn't watch the game, started in a ruck for the Kangaroos. So Todd Goldstein at 661K, definitely not an option for me, Jip. Yeah, agreed. It's, again, probably the season's catching up with Goldie as well. Yeah, and David Noble wants to have, have a look at a few options other than Goldstein straight in at number one ruck, and he wants to see how it plays out with Cherry starting in a ruck. And, you know, there might be a few different looks from Co- especially not just from the Kangaroos, but from other teams that are going to miss out from finals, Jip. Yeah, agreed, 100%. Brandon Ellis uh, is returning, expected to return this week. 661K does have a ceiling jet, but the Suns, if they've dropped off, uh, probably not going to see as much ball as what he did in the early part of the season, Jeb. Yeah, you don't go, um, you don't bring in players coming off injuries, so it's a no. Kyle Langford out for two to four weeks. It's likely his season done, Jeb, so definitely not an option there for me. It's 661K. Yeah, owner's got to trade him. 
Christian Salem. Now, he does get targeted from opposition teams because he's so dynamic coming out of that back line for the Demons. 61 last week, and he has struggled with a bit of a groin issue uh, this year. 659k, definitely not an option for me now. Yeah, after hearing his uh, his issues with the groins, it's um, it's a red flag enough to put me off, so no chance. Yeah, two things for fantasy coaches we need to keep an eye out, not just for the remainder of this season, but over preseason, is groin issues and shoulder issues. They're the two like big injuries that we completely need to avoid from a fantasy perspective, Chip. Yeah, and it's again, if Melbourne lock in a top four spot, he might get the extra week off as well, so that's going to sting you. Taron Thomas, if he's uh, returning this week, I would imagine that he's going to be an option again. He did put up a pretty decent scores. Now the Kangaroos do have players out. 642k? Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm just getting nervous with the dynamics of their midfield with Simpkin, Anderson and the like. Even though Cunnington's out, I just get a little bit nervous with Taron Thomas and he might get protected at a half-forward flank. Uh, Luke Ryan, 642k. Did score well last week, Jep. Yeah, he did really well, um, but hasn't shown the ceiling all year, so you wouldn't do it. Definitely unique here, Harry Perryman, 642k, Jep. Yeah, just love him. I, I think last week I said Mr. In, uh, Mr. Consistent, sorry, and um, yeah, just keeps getting it done. One I penciled in for next year as a watch list. Ron Marshall, again, uh, those that traded him in last week, he hit absolute jackpot. Now, the question is... Those that didn't trade in see that high score and go, wow, that's what I can get in my forward line, uh, and then try and trade him in. But you've got to really recognise that there were two factors here. It was that Paddy Ryder was a late withdrawal. Now, if he comes back in, it's a shared ruck role. And the other thing there with Marshall last week is that the conning was out early in that game. So it was just a massive matchup for Marshall just to go off, and he did. Now, it's, we're not going to get that again, potentially, for the remainder of the season for Marshall. So, for me, I'm saying, like, his value at that price is 637k. I do, I do agree with that. But a lot of people could be targeting based on the lack of knowledge of what happened last week. So, for me, it's definitely not a target chip. Yeah, no chance I'll be bringing him in. Um, you sort of bet against the house here, and, um, and I think it's a pretty safe bet. Right, Jep, so Lockie Hunter, volatile scoring, bit of ownership there as well, 630k. Um, I'm not targeting him, that's for sure, especially with the ownership involved. No, you definitely avoid him. Um, and again, he's, he's probably one that you want to look to trade as soon as you can. Yeah, Sam Menegola really not getting it down from a consistent high ceiling uh, point of view. So 627k at this time of year, no for me. Yeah, agreed. No for me too. Stephen Cornelio belling with a toe injury. He's likely been ruled out for this week, so it's definitely not this week. But if he comes in next week or for the last couple of rounds, uh, it's still going to be a no for me. Uh, 620k, so he's got to have a pretty decent preseason. So for me, for the remainder of the year, it's a no. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. And uh, like you said, let's uh, look what he does for next year. James Warpool now, he's getting it done a little bit in that midfield for the Hawks. 619k. Bit of an option here for you, Jeb. For me, I don't mind it. No, I couldn't do it personally. Um, I think there are way better options, even though Warpool's pretty cheap. Uh, contract narrative, a little bit here for Braden Maynard now. He's out of contract at the end of the next year, and he's putting up some pretty decent numbers across halfback for the Magpies. 617k. Now, um, there's probably better options around that price range, but yeah, if you really want to go off the charts here a bit, it's not bad. Uh, for me, I'll be on the fence. 
I um, I like it because I think he feels a bit more, or he's given a bit more flexibility with how back in the team. Mm. So I tried to watch that dynamic closely because, uh, you know, watching my team get flogged was hard enough. So I, I switched my mind to fantasy. And, um, yeah, it just looked like there was a bit more freedom with Maynard. Um, and then Hawthorne, Brisbane and Essendon in the last three is pretty decent. So you could pull it there. I, I don't mind the pick. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have switched off that game for Collingwood and West Coast and thought about fantasy because it was actually a pretty good result. Anyway, we move on again. All right, Tim Kelly. He was assessed with that knee concern again, so definitely an avoid for me, 6.09 k up. Yeah, he's, uh, he can't go hard for four quarters, unfortunately. Still side bottom now. 6.07k, it screams value, and if you want to go there, I think it's okay, but for me, I'm still not going there. Well, that's the Penderbury effect, wasn't it? Um, Sidey really stepped it up in the midfield, so I like the pick. It's just the injury risk and his age, but, you know, now's the time not to to wonder. So as long as the role's there and his scoring potential's there and he's definitely cheap, then you're looking at it. Matthew Kennedy bounced back into that midfield 603k. I still don't mind at 603k, Jep. Oh, look, as long as he's playing in that midfield, he's a, he's a lot for three figures, isn't he? So... It's all in Teague's hands and what where he puts the magnets. So uh, let's hope it's in the midfield. Nick Newman can be quite volatile there. 602k. I think there are better options, especially in defence, Chip. Yeah, agreed, mate. I, uh, I'm not going Newman. Elliot Yo did say in an interview yesterday that he still has some groin soreness, but he's getting through okay. 59 points only last week. I was considering him 598k. But yeah, just just a complete and void for me now, especially after the comments from Monday. Yeah, picking a guy like Yo could really derail the season. I know the intent's there and the signs were good a week or two ago, but yeah, no chance. Isaac Henney, uh, Mitch Cleary did report today that there was a thumb concern out of the game from Sunday against the Bombers. So with a thumb injury and he needs his hands, uh, he still should be playing. So 595k, but yeah, any type of injury, I'm avoiding at this time of year, Jip. Me too, buddy, so no chance. Chad, okay. Chad Wingard monster game against the Lions last week, 147 points. Now, he can score, but that matchup was really soft, 590k. Um, he can score, and if he goes through that midfield uh, forward roll and plenty of midfield, he can rack it up. So I don't mind that, even though it's a... a Bit of a bait in the water, and you can, you know, catch a pretty big fish. But I still don't, like you can, like he can come out and score seventy. But I still don't mind at five ninety k. Yeah, it's like he, he sort of teases us every last couple anyway. Um, so he, to me, he's a bit like um, he's very much like Butters, where you consistently can't get a hundred out of him every week, mm. but you can definitely get that one thirty plus every now and then. So. Look, Collingwood this week should do well, but even still, I couldn't do it. I couldn't trade him in. Yeah, the, again, it might be a player that you can bring on and, and make as like your, your seventh forward. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, you can just pick a player that with a high ceiling yeah. off your bench early, and you know you can start to mess around with that at this time of year, Jeff. Yeah, that's a good call, mate. Um, he he's cheap enough to do that, and um, yeah, the the coaches with cash can definitely look at it. Isaac coming, unfortunately only 57 points last week. It's not a target for me, Jeb, but yeah, what a great pick this year, 583k. Yeah, look, yeah, let's not lose sight of what he's done. Um, but against Geelong again, I think there's going to be a bit of a struggle. So Geelong love to possess the ball, and it won't be in Cummings' hand as much. So yeah, avoid. Yeah, Jordan Ridley now. 
Uh, Dyson Heppel goes out of that team this week, so you would think Ridley might get a lot of distribution from D50 for the Bombers. 38 points last week, Jeff. It was a bit of a disaster. 579k. So definitely not a target, but if you're still holding Ridley, I wouldn't lose faith just yet. Just when you think, you know, you, you've got it all sorted and you, you know how it's going to play out, and then that happens. Again, I always brought in Ridley last week on the back of uh, Heppel's news. So, um, yeah, just can't tr- trade him in. You've got to trade him out, really. Yeah, around the same price, we've got Jeremy Hale here. 90 points on return last week, 578k. Does have a very good fantasy game, Jep. So, for me, I'm loving this price for Hale, and he's definitely a target for me this week. As uh, uh, as for me too, mate. So to come back off a long-term injury and score 90, albeit they were flogging West Coast, is still very impressive. So um, I think they got Hawthorne this week. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you've got to definitely look at that. It's value um, and ticks a lot of boxes and the unique option as well. So James Harm. So next week, as I've mentioned throughout the podcast already, is that there's wet weather forecast for Eagles, Demons, Monday night. Now, Jack Forney has just been suspended for two games. Now, don't know if there's going to be appeal or not, but at this stage he is suspended. So could we see a bump in midfield usage for Harms, which, especially if it's a contested type game, he can score well. So he scored 105 points last week, 571k. So there might be a bit of an option, but last game of the week, Jep, do you want to play with any fire here? No, you wouldn't. He couldn't. So, no, avoid Patrick Cripps, uh, long season, had his injury concerns. If, once the Blues are sort of pretty much done and dusted for finals, there's potential for rest here, and he really not getting it done with regards to a high-ceiling, consistent-type uh, player. So 567K, that's a no for me at this time of year. Yeah, no for me as well. Yeah, Tom Hawkins, uh, was a bit of a doubt on him last week for his remaining four games, and he didn't really get it done last week against the Kangaroos. So 567K, it's, it's a straight-up no now for me for the remainder of the year. Yeah, me as well. I, I have toyed with the idea. Um, I might change my opinion next week, but I just feel like it, even if he kicks a bag of four or five goals, it still doesn't give you, we guarantee you, sorry, 100 points. Dion Prestia scored well last week, 564K. No Dustin Martin in that team. A lot of load on Prestia. Yeah, there is. Again, oh, I just get nervous with his soft tissue injury uh, history. Sorry. So yeah, I, you couldn't do it. Imagine him, you know, going down in the second quarter. It just would sting too much. Yeah, and that five out of that team, Caleb Sarong, you would expect, and Justin Longmuir did say it last week um, pre Richmond game, is that those players that were playing inside midfield would see a bump in usage and game time. So Sarong didn't really hit those high numbers last week, and as you said to us, uh, as you said to me pre-pod, his his game time percentage was quite low, but at five five six k, I still like him at this price, Jeff. I still like him too, and I just don't know what's going on with his time on ground. I know um, he struggled to get on the last. They um, they flicked to him, and he was waiting for the rotation to happen, and it didn't come. So looked on fire early too. The signs are there. He's just got to get the 80% time on ground, and we can lock in 100 points for him. Harry Schoenberg, 553K. Now, he has seen a bit of a sprinkling in midfield usage recently. Um, there were probably better options out there. Uh, but if you're, if you're really struggling, it's not still a bad peak to finish out the season. You've got to imagine with the Crows out of finals that he might see a spike in midfield usage. So you're praying to Matthew Neeks to put him in there, and that might actually happen, Jeff. It might happen, but again, it might not. So he can get thrown around a little bit. Too risky for me, avoid. 
Jack Burrows, 49 points last week. Bit of a disaster for, to finish the year from, from a fantasy perspective for Bowes. So, again, 49 points last week, 549k, uh, definitely not a target. No, no chance. He's getting thrown around half forward. Is, it's just a disaster from his uh, he's, he's normal home at halfback. Trent Cochin. Now, he's picked up the load since Martin has gone out of that team. 547k. It's not bad, Jeb. I don't mind it. No, I couldn't do it. He's... For no real reason, he's one of my most hated players. Um, I just can't can't stand him. So no way, <laughs> couldn't do it. Ryan Burton off half back for Port Adelaide. So putting up some pretty de- decent scores recently. 547k. I don't mind it if you're struggling to find some coin chip. No, there are better options. I think I think how, the how option just that little bit more is is way beneficial. Nick Haynes. Um, Bounced back a lot last week, so 528k, but really inconsistent to finish out the year, Jeff. Teasing the uh, fantasy community, isn't he? Um, just look up and down like a yo-yo. Uh, trade, still trade him out. It's, it's, you just can't bank on a good score from him. So, yeah, look to offload. And the last player here in this group of players, Jeff, is Dan Houston. He's really struggled, so... Uh, for me, it's a definite trade-out. Definitely not a target, and it's a definite trade-out for me, 524k, Jeff. A thousand percent get rid of him. Okay, we're going to do a nine-pack to finish off from the listener request. Thank you very much for sending those in. All right, Jordan Dawson, like or dislike, Jeff, 675k? No, I dislike. I like. Dion Prestia, 564k, I dislike. Dislike as well. Andrew Gaff, 693k, I like. Love it, yep. Dan Rich, 693k, I do like. Yeah, I like it too. Adam Trera, 663k, I do like. Oh, I dislike that one. Chad Wingard, 590k, I do like. No, I dislike. Still side bottom, 607k, I dislike. No, I like it. Tim Taranto, get out of there, 734k, I, I Run dislike. Run for the hills. And yeah, dislike too, mate. Ryan Burton, I'm on the fence, but if I really have to choose, it's a dislike for me, 547k. Uh, dislike for sure all right jeff that's it for this podcast so final thoughts heading into round 21 just have those levers to pull you know the options and and the bench loopholes always stay one step ahead and um, don't be shy to take a risk at this point of the season yeah avoid ownership plunge and also yeah again make sure you're using those bench loopholes as jeff said and also the vice captain one so if you plan out your week well and hopefully we don't get any postponed games, so that messes up a little bit of planning. But, yeah, if you plan out your week well and use those uh, bench loophole options early in the round, uh, that you can make a bit of a difference in your score compared to others that are ranked around the same as you. All right, Jeff, that's it for Episode 107. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys.